Welcome to the She Who Wins podcast. I'm your host, Renee Bauer. I'm an attorney, entrepreneur, author, speaker, and investor. This is the place where we dive into all of the things that matter to you, and most importantly, uncover what's holding you back from realizing your dreams. Because she who moves forward fiercely is she who wins. So much has happened over the past month. I am so excited that my book, She Who Wins, is finally out in the world. I hope you all have grabbed a copy and messaged me of what your favorite parts are. And I decided that after a long stretch of book launch mode, which is quite extensive, I'm taking a little break from podcasting just to recharge and to regroup and... Um, just to have some time off. So this is the final episode that I'll be dropping for a couple months. And it couldn't be the most perfect episode to release because it's with a good friend of mine. And we're talking about being the hero of your own story. And I think that so often we look outside of ourselves to for validation for something or for someone else to fix something. I know when I had divorced clients who were in the midst of divorce, they were looking for their exes to solve problems and they were looking for their attorneys to solve problems. And I think that so much of moving beyond a challenge or something difficult is solving the problems within yourself. And I know you're probably thinking like, yeah, okay, um, if only it was that easy. But my guest, Jenny Taylor, truly brings a story of overcoming some of the most intense challenges that anyone could ever face. And I'll let you Um, I'll let her tell that story, but she's a dear friend of mine. Um, She's someone who I respect immensely, who leads with so much heart and love um, and has so much to share. And she has an incredible story of reinventing her life. Um, So without further ado, let's bring you into this final episode just for a moment, just for a little break. Um, and while, while we talk about how you can become the hero of your own story, there's so many nuggets of wisdom and gold in this episode. So I'm really excited for you to meet Jenny. So let's jump in. Hey, everyone. I am here today with a good friend of mine, and I love when I actually get to bring friends onto the podcast because it seems like much less of an interview and more like a conversation. So I'm so excited to bring Jenny Taylor on, who is the mastermind and CEO behind Jenny Taylor Boudoir. She is literally taking over the country with her studios to help women feel empowered and confident And we're talking today about being the hero of your own story, because I think so often we look at like the highlight reel and we look at these amazing, successful people doing big things, and we don't realize there's always a story on the other side of it that sometimes is hard, sometimes a little ugly. It's about moving forward. So let's just, let's just jump into it. Hey, Jenny. Hi, thanks for having me. Hi, everybody. Ah, I love, I'm so excited to have you on here because we're friends. Like we chat, we chat on the regular, like we're a lot constantly leaving messages for each other. So um, I'm grateful that you're willing to come on here and share your story. So you have been doing amazing things in the business space. I mean, you're literally changing women's lives by helping them with confidence and opening up studios all over the country. But 
your story does not start at the success button. Like it, like I want to start by rewinding it way back and sharing those moments. Like you found yourself in a situation that was, um, that was scary, that was dangerous and probably transformational for you and changed everything. So let's start there. Yeah, you know, and that's not the first um, hurdle that I'd been through. That was probably, I guess, four and a half years ago at this point. I suffered um, domestic violence to the point where I almost lost my life. But really, I mean, this hard these hardships have started way back, like my parents getting divorced when I was seven and going to college and failing out and becoming almost bankrupt to the point where I was almost going to claim bankruptcy and getting over a drug addiction back then and have been divorced and led into this then domestic violence. And thank God, I feel that I'm finally out and I can see the other side. And for anybody that's listening, especially at the beginning of this, you know, you'll hear success from the business standpoint, but like Renee said, it is so important. Everyone has a story. And to empower everybody that's listening, if you are going through something that's terrible or horrible um, or have been, it doesn't mean that it needs to hold you back from living your best life. That is definitely something. And being the hero of your own story is something that lives inside of me. And we all have that hero that lives inside of us. And it's so important that we are the only ones to unleash that. Nobody else is going to do that. How did you make that leap? Like, was there a moment where you thought with everything that you just described that you went through, was there a time when you're like, there's, this is just my plot in life and this is just the way it is? Or do you think like you were born with that like inner fire in your belly? Gosh, that's a good question. And that like has changed in the last couple of years, the more I study the spiritual realm and what's going on. I know you can go on a whole nother tangent about all of those types of things. I think that we all are born with gifts where I I believe that we were placed on this planet to go through challenges that we have been predestined to do. So truly, I actually think I've lived already 300 years in the future. Um, And one of the reasons I feel I'm a good manifester is that anything that you can dream up, no matter what it is, it can come to life. And that can also be bad things as well. And I think for a lot of my life, I was dealing with a little bit more of like the underbelly of life. Like um, I didn't know how to be positive. I was a good person and always did the right thing, but I kept being attracted to more of the chaos or um, my life wasn't stable. So I kept being attracted to those types of people and hoping that I was going to find solitude within them somehow, like within myself. And then, you know, year after year, it got harder, bankruptcy, you know, drug addiction, finding myself in this terrible relationship to the point where I had to like, God came to me um, the day that he attacked me and said, you're going to be okay. You're going to live. And I woke up on the bathroom floor and God has come a couple times and spoken over me. And if anybody's had that happen, you listen when God comes. And that was just that, that day I've had this happen a few different times looking back. And it was like, you need to live your best life. And the people that you are attracting, you are part of this problem. It's not just them, it's you. And I take a really careful look at, wait a second, like let's pause really quick and see why did I allow this person in my life? Where did this come from? And just being so much more careful going forward. I know you and I have talked about this with every friendships with business decisions with family even at sometimes too and just 
understanding that we have the power to make the change and no one wants to make a change. Like no one's ever excited, no matter what level of change it is. And the other thing too is instead of being sad about things that you might need to let go, if it's a business relationship, a friendship, even a family member relationship, people come in your life. And I know everybody knows this quote for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And we don't know if tomorrow, today is our last day. So it's just making sure that you're evaluating and taking inventory of all the people in your life and really seeing if they're an asset or a liability has has been life-changing for me going forward in these last four years to really find the right people that are going to be stable sources of energy going forward instead of finding these chaotic situations. So do you think then, because I know some people will be like, well, it's it's my ex or the bad relationship, like that, that, like, what's the reason for that? Like, that's just bad luck and making bad choices. Like, what would you say to that? You know, what I went through and what other people go through, that's, that's actual abuse. Uh, like this person was a predator who's now in prison. Um, those types of people are thank God, I think few and far between in life and you can come across them in life. But if we're talking about just like a negative relationship overall, we have to look at our own self to see what part we're playing in it. Because it's not just the other person. I learned this years ago in therapy. It was like, you if you're pointing the finger at them, you are part of that. That's, you know what I mean? You're in that. So I think that We need, once things don't feel stable and you are in a place where you're more on the negative downturn of whatever it is, it's just taking a pause and saying, hmm, let me think, like, how did I get here? Like, is this person growing me or taking away from me and making the decision? The thing with relationships, someone, a coach actually told me this years ago, and I'll always stick with me. He said, did you realize, Jenny, that you held the golden key to get out of the hand, the invisible handcuffs the whole time? And he said that, and I'm like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. He goes, you kept staying there. No one forced you. Yeah. And that's hard for people to hear. People sometimes don't want to hear the truth and they don't want to hold the mirror up. And like, I look at my two marriages, I'm like, oh, I own some of that. And even if, you know, the second one had some ugliness too, but I still own that. Like I put myself in a situation where that was acceptable and didn't see otherwise. Like that's, that's my own stuff. And I think that people don't want to hear that. They just want to point the finger at their ex and say, no, this person is awful. They did me wrong. They cheated or whatever, whatever that is. So what I want to talk about for a second though, is money. Because um, you and I have talked uh, talk about money, and you know I love that because I think a lot of women don't talk about money, but I know also a lot of women have really lack mindsets around it, and they'll say, "But I don't have enough," or "If I get divorced, I won't have enough income coming in." You went from a place of almost bankruptcy to where you are now. So how did that transition happen? Because that is not an easy leap to make. I mean, you you quit college. Like you had all of the things stacked against you, right? Based on what society would tell us would be stacked. I think, you know, we can have a whole conversation about the value of college on another day, but, you know, everything was stacked. So how did you turn that around? I think it's stop listening to everyone else. That's the first thing. I just said this to one of my best friends who's like on her journey of finally saving money. And 
it does. And I just started working out for the first time. So I'll relate this to, to fitness. I never work out. I'm 41 years old and I just started 15 days ago. I have a trainer. And so we're lifting these light weights, but each time I go, they're heavier. And so instead of thinking like, oh, I should be lifting 80 pounds and I'm only lifting 20, at least I'm starting with something, right? So that's the same thing with money. Um, so not only was I in almost in bankruptcy, $25,000, $30,000 in debt. I started working at, I've been a worker my whole life, but I started working at Bed Bath & Beyond making $9 an hour. This was back 20 years ago. And I just wanted to do the best job I possibly could at the highest level of customer service possible. Why not? I was already spending my time there. $9 was more than zero. That's another thing, being grateful Mm. for anything that you have. Being grateful in general, it just brings abundance to your life no matter where you're at. And every, I want to tell everybody or share this, everyone always wants more. No matter if you're at $9 an hour or nine figures, you're always wanting more, right? And then that we could lead on to something else of why you're working even in the first place. And when you get to this level of money, what that actually does for you or what you want in life. But anyways, going backwards, I didn't stop at $9 an hour. I was like, well, what's the next thing I could work towards? And the next thing was like $40,000 salary, which then I ended up achieving that. And I remember I got a job offer. I worked at Bed Bath & Beyond and got this job offer to go sell high-end audio video equipment. And they had scouted me back then. And they were like, you know, and it's 100% commission. And I'm like, I can't, I don't know how to sell. And they're like, yes, you do. We came in and we found you at Bed Bath & Beyond. You definitely sold us. I'm like, oh my gosh. I told my mom and my mom was like, don't go. $40,000 is more than I make as a teacher. You're not going to make more. And I said, mom, I'm driving off the lot. I'm going to this other company. And my goal is to make $41,000. And the first year I made eighty and doubled my salary. And with that mentality, I thought, you know what? I always could go back to what I was doing, right? We always can go backwards. So anybody that's listening out there, that's like, well, I'm not sure if I could start my business. Well, I'm not sure if I should take this job opportunity. You can always go back to exactly where you're at today. And so anyways, that mentality then turned into, let's go to a flooring company and see what that was. It got to $150,000. And then it was like, I always wanted to be a photographer since I was little, wrapping back around from when my parents got divorced. My grandma um, bought me a little pink Kodak camera. And I loved taking pictures of people when I was little because it I would say smile and their genuine happiness made my heart happy because I was so sad inside. Now I know that after thousands of dollars of therapy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I'm at this flooring company almost 14 years ago right now. And I was like, I'm going to be a photographer. And every single person in my entire life said, oh, you can't just be a photographer and you need to go to school. And, and, you know, I didn't go to college, failed out. And everyone in my whole life, including my ex-husband at the time, And I thought, you know what? I'm going to do this. And they're like, you can't quit your job making $150,000. I had like 10,000 in savings or something like that. And this again was another God came, God moment. Six months in, um, my photography phone started ringing more than my flooring phone did. And God said, you have an opportunity and you need to take this right now. You can always go back and sell flooring. And so I quit with only 12 clients on the books with no studio at all and just believed in myself. And if I didn't try, what was the worst that was going to happen? I was going to fail. I was going to go backwards. I was already in that spot. So I already knew how that felt. But what about this new thing? And where could that take 
take me at this point. And almost 14 years later, it's an eight-figure business, which I can't even believe. I have the most amazing team of 30 women everywhere. We're from New York all the way over to California, 13 locations over the years. The goal is 50, $100 million valuation. We'll see how that goes. But you know, each one of these stepping stones, if I didn't take the chance on myself, who else was going to do that? And that's the same thing when we're talking about like relationships, right? There's so many, especially I would say both men and women that are in these unsatisfying relationships that are just there because they were supposed to be or your family, you're supposed to have kids. You're supposed to go get married now. And they stay in these relationships that aren't fulfilling. They're not growth promoting. It's the same thing with companies that you're at. And if you aren't, you know, try your hardest to make it work, do all the things, therapy, we could go over those lists. Um, but <laughs> at a certain point, you have one life to live. One of my good friends just texted me today and said his mom passed away and he was so sad. And I was like, my heart, I kept getting chills. And he's like, I, had, I only, I only had 39 years with her. I just got chills again. And he's like, if I knew I only had 39 years, what would I do different? And this was the mm. sport that passed away. And I thought, thank you for letting me know. And thank you for being my friend. And all of us, we, we never know when that last moment is that we're going to have here. And so to really utilize that in your, in your relationship, in your love life, in your own personal life, this is the day to start working out. This is the day to start cooking. This is the day to find a new friend. Maybe it is time to say goodbye to a friend and, and thank them for the part of their, of their life and your life that you shared together. And it's just time to move on. And it doesn't have to be a detrimental thing. It could be more of a, you're grateful for that person instead. I like, thank you for sharing that because I think that so many people get stuck in that, that scary decision to move forward. I know I have been there. It's like this, this job, this thing is safe. It's secure. So why would I leave that? Even though you're being called to something else. And that is so damn hard to make that leap. Like, did you doubt yourself or did you know, like you knew without a doubt that there was more? Oh God, I doubt it. I still doubt myself every day, all the time. That that not good enough feeling, I swear every single human has it. And it, yeah. it can be real loud sometimes and you can minimize it. But yeah, I mean, just even thinking or talking about growing my company to a hundred million dollars, like who am I to do that? That's ridiculous. Or, you know, I keep after the relationships, I'm like, I'm getting back on the horse again. And I started dating and I'm like, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? I've already been through pretty much the worst, I think. And yeah. and minimizing that that voice to keep trying, just keep trying to move forward to make your life better instead of sitting in those negative feelings that are so overwhelming sometimes. Um, we can all be there. I poured my heart, my soul, and even tears into writing a book that is a love letter to every woman I know. She Who Wins the Book is for every woman who is told to smile, to quiet down, and to shrink themselves into their smallest version. It's for every woman who's trying to figure out what's next. It's for every woman who thinks this is as good as it gets. She Who Wins is for the good girl within who is ready to become the fierce female fighting to get out. Visit SheWhoWinsBook.com for exclusive free bonuses when you order now. Do you think it's hard to put yourself, uh, put your heart out there again? Once you're in a relationship where, you know, it really left you, it's kind 
kind of broken, you know, there are moments like, and I know that anyone who's gone through a divorce, like has felt that they, they, they come out the other side, not feeling like their best. Like, have you, do you think that you've held on to your heart a little bit to be like, to protect it? Or are you going into this saying, you know what, I have so much love to give and here I am. And, you know, I, I'm not going to dim my, my light and I'm going to put myself out there. Yeah. I mean, again, that all I think about is my business life has been so successful when it comes to like money. Um, and my friendships are so rich mm-hmm. as well. And so I know that I have it in me to have a rich relationship with a man. And so if I was just to put a shield around my heart and say, this is it, I've already been hurt, damaged, whatever you want to call it, I would be not living my best life. I know that I'm going to find my best friend to enjoy the small moments, the big moments with. I know he's out there. Um, it might not be today, but if I don't continue to look, I'll never find, I'll never find him. So, um, this is the same thing after the domestic violence, something came over me and said, keep 1% hope alive in your heart. That's just the one, just 1%, like starting a business. If you could just help one person, right? Just that number one, if you can do one rep on your weights, if you can do one thing different, the one thing, that's a good book, actually. I know that I'll find the most amazing relationship. God, especially mm-hmm. after going through this, I know that these were just challenges and that God has a wonderful life ahead. And if it's not today or tomorrow, whenever that is, I'm going to be so grateful to have that man in my life and have a glass of wine and watch the sunset and all of the things. <laughs> I, you know what? Like I hear you talking and I, and because we know each other, like it makes my heart happy to see you hold your value and your self-worth up to say, I'm going to be open to it, but I'm also not going to compromise what's important to me. And just because I don't want to be alone. And I think that fear of loneliness is something that holds so many people back from leaving their toxic relationship or, you know, putting themselves out there. And it like, just makes me so happy to see you. So like, so heart forward with, with everything. I mean, being as your, like, as your friend, like, that's how you lead, like, who you are right now in this interview is exactly who you are in real life. And um, it's such a joy to, to be around you. Thank you so much. You know, that's for everybody listening too. I had no self-love my whole life Mm -hmm. at 41. Now I finally can say I value myself. And so I'm not looking for value outside of myself, which Mm -hmm. I had been doing for so long. I just went on a date with somebody and um, we didn't have sex. I know that's, we should, well, we can talk a little bit about sex because I yeah. own a boudoir company, but, um, <laughs> and I didn't want to, well, I did want to, okay, wait, I got to stop. All right. I'm getting, I'm getting, <laughs> um, it's, a, it's okay. Kids aren't listening. Okay. Um, and so after I came back home, we were texting and I said, you know, I just want you to know, I'm not the girl that just does that. Like, I don't want to share that energy with just anyone. And he's like, I didn't think that about you. And I very much respect that. And I said, and I value myself too much for that. And when I wrote it, I wrote that first. And his response back was, I respect that. I knew right there that the value and that respect is something that has been missing from my relationships in the past. Um, And until you value yourself, no one else is actually going to be able to respect you. That's what I've realized. Or you're not going to value the person that does respect you if you don't know the value in yourself. 
I, you know, when, when I met Jay, uh, my current husband, if for any listeners who don't know that one of, I had two divorces under my belt. Like there was no way I was going into even a dating situation where I wasn't like, Hey, here are my needs. Here are my wants. Here's, here are the non-negotiables. Like here are all the things. Like if I open your medicine cabinet, what will I see? Like, I mean, I was not, I was unapologetic about the questions I asked because I'm like, I know my value. And I learned so much from those and going forward, it was like, how are you going to handle that? And if you're going to handle it, you know, and, and respect that and honor that, then, you know, maybe, maybe we'll have a second date, you know, like that. that. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. So you talk about, let's actually talk about, I have two questions, uh, two places to go. I want to talk about when you said that you heard, um, from God, because some people are going to be like, I don't understand. Like he doesn't talk to me like, or she, or, you know, what is, what did that, what does that mean to you? Cause I think that that's so, if, if anyone who's spiritual, I think that those things come in a very different way for different people. So I'm curious as to what your, um, like what that experience was like. It's been three times that I very much remember and why. And it was this very loud, clear voice. It was a man's voice that was like, this is what you have to do right now with like a lightning bolt that just came directly through my soul. And there's no turning back from that. Like you don't say, oh, what was that? Like, I'm just not going to do it. Or are you going to hear it again? Or what was it's like, oh, wait, I heard that. I have got to do that. Like, I don't know how else I, I know that God speaks to all of us, no matter what you believe. Um, but you have to be like, I think willing to listen for it too. Yeah. I, you know what, you were just telling that story and I was looking at the, the, the ticker for our time and it was 2222. Oh my not, gosh. Not a coincidence. Today's so. Lion's <laughs> portal is open. So all the things, oh my gosh. Yes. And yeah, and that's still, that's still happening when this, this episode gets dropped. So, and I think that, that, you know, I, I think that for everyone, it comes across a little, little bit different. Like I used to turn, I, I'll have things that just hit me. And for a really long time, I ignored them. And then I realized like, why am I like, this was the thing that knew, and this was the next move. This was the decision. This was like the information I needed. So I started to really pay attention to that. It's not, you know, it's not a lightning bolt for me, but I've become really good at when it hits is to like pay attention to that. So I think it's so different for everyone as to like what that spiritual journey looks like and how that, you know, how that comes to them because it's, I would yeah. love, I love listening. I love asking people if God has come to them and how they hear and what they're going to do with that information. The one other thing that's been very powerful in life, which I'm utilizing it for the relationship aspect at this point is, is our dreams. So I feel that we're connected somehow to a different outside source, um, whatever that looks like and being conscious of what you're putting inside your brain prior to going to sleep. And thinking about what you actually want to dream about, who you want in your dreams. And I've been having the most powerful journey over the last couple of years, listening to my dreams, waking up, writing them down, thinking about what, what this lesson was supposed to be and um, manifesting. That's, it's part of manifesting. I think when you think about something all day long and write it down and consciously think about it, and then you can dream about it, 
it's, it's just on literally the other side, whatever that is. Yeah. So if you want to grow your bank account, you want to have the best relationship, you want to change your body, whatever it is, it's just right there. It's, yeah. just, it's literally coming like right away. I, um, I, I always thought that for a, a long time, well, I knew for a long time, it was kind of like a man of forcer. You know, I thought I could like, like I could force this thing into, will it into existence? And then I realized it doesn't work that way. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. No. <laughs> but, but you know, right before our uh, podcast, I went on and like I wrote my intentions and I was very specific about what it was. And it was like very clear as to what was going to happen over the next couple months. And, you know, that's something that I'll look at every single day for the next couple of months or until it comes to completion until I move on to the next thing. And I think that when we do that, like, it's crazy. Like I've always done vision boards every year and I will look back at the vision boards and most of the things on there have come to be. And there's some wacky stuff that I was like, I just randomly cut it out and stuck it on. And I'm like, and there it is. Like it's, it is. And that's being so intentional. I do very similar things. And so people that are are intentional are going to get the rewards that life has faster, I would say. Yeah. Like, so none of the successes have just fallen in people's lap. They have taken the journey and the intention to make shit happen, literally. And and to point out, like, it also works in reverse when we're constantly in that negativity that you bring that into. So crazy story. And I don't know if she manifested this, but I have a coworker who did a vision board and on it. She had a book and the book was called Dirt. And she's been telling me this year she's had major um, problems with her well where their water is their faucets are just they're just it's pouring dirt in. And she's telling, and it's been going on for months. And I looked at her vision board. I'm like, you literally have dirt on your vision board. No, you got to scrape that. <laughs> I said, I'm like, no. take that off. Take it off all the things. I'm like, you really that. Too. With manifesting, you got to be real careful. There's some serious magic that can happen. And mm-hmm. be very intentional with what you want and how you want to feel with it. And also think about all the things that could come along on the other end, the bad things that could come with it. And if you're going to be okay with that too, because it's, it's always the good and the bad and, and coming into the middle with everything in life. All right. So we're getting towards the end, but speaking of magic, this is a perfect segue into talking about boudoir and the magic of boudoir and how women can use it for themselves, for confidence. Like I think women are scared. Oh my gosh. Put themselves out there. Like tell me about your experience of what you've seen for a woman's transformation when she has boudoir photography sessions. Oh my gosh. So almost 14 years with 6,000 clients worldwide at this point. So I do feel a little bit like I know women. That's what I would say. Number one thing, if you've never done it, if you're nervous, that is the number one thing that we hear. Not one person on the planet thinks they look good. So this is definitely something. They don't like their nose, their chin, their elbow, their piece of hair, whatever it is. Um, so you, you're in the best spot and the youngest and the best you're going to be today. So if you think, oh, I'm going to do this in two years when I dot, 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 today's your best day. Um, you have that inclination to do it. Just go absolutely do it. Um, and it's more fun than it is anything else, especially at our company. We provide an amazing, like overall experience with hair and makeup and it's super private. We have this gorgeous furniture and super high end safe locations. So women can literally, when I say come and let their hair down, 
they just can come in and have so much fun. And, and it's not even about lingerie. My grandma at 85 years old did a boudoir shoot in a black dress. Can I talk about my grandma just a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get him some magic. So at 85 years old, my grandpa had passed away, does her first boudoir shoot. And you would never know that she's a little wild. She's from the Midwest with the Midwest bomb cut from the cornfields. And so when she came in, she was the most nervous client we had ever had at this point. Shaking. Oh my gosh. She was so nervous. So loved her pictures. Um, at that point, she had a boyfriend that she ended up giving them to, which was amazing. She wore high heels and he was so excited. Mm. And so at 90 years old, when COVID was going on, she'd always want to be a writer and she was a librarian for 30 years. So she started writing her first book. And I was like, Nana, are you okay sitting by yourself during COVID? She's like, oh yeah, I'm using this time to write my book. I'm like, good for you that she had tried to write for 10 years. So after COVID, her first novel came out all about murder, sex, and drugs. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> five book signings for her first, first book. She just published her second novel at 93 years Amazing. old. And if she, and she's up on a billboard here in my hometown of Chicago. And so I put her up in the black dress and it says, if she can do it, you can do it too. We've had more women in the five months that she's been up there call us from that billboard than in the five years we had ha had the billboard. So literally, if a 93-year-old woman can publish her second novel and do a boudoir shoot and have this confidence, you should have her on your show. She's amazing. Um, literally every single person that's listening to this, you guys can do something that you want to do. If it's scary, if it's fearful, it's probably mm -hmm. God a little bit telling you, you, you should try it. <laughs> uh, oh my God. I love that. Okay. So where are your studios? We have witnesses, uh, listeners all over actually the world, but the country, because Jenny Boudoir has not made it over to Europe yet. You will. Not yet. <laughs> I would love not to open in Paris right now. <gasps> yeah. Um, I know I want to, oh my gosh, I want to. We are in um, New York, Westchester County. We're in Nashville, multiple studios outside here of Chicago, where we're from, the headquarters. We have Carmel, Indiana, outside of Indianapolis, uh, Phoenix, Arizona. We've had Southern California. And I have a couple more that are on my list that I might be doing in the next couple months. So we'd love to see you. You can always message me on Instagram at everything Jenny Taylor. That's my personal one. I'd love to hear from you and screenshot this. And I'd love to repost it. Um, and everybody is welcome in you guys. So if you're, as long as you're over 21 and you're a female, you are welcome in no matter what you look like, age, body shape, size, ethnicity, you're all welcome. I love that. So we'll, of course, we'll always have yeah your links in the show notes, but one final question for you is what does winning mean to you? Oh, winning and success, like the same, I guess. Um, it's all about, how can I, winning. Winning is trying something new and failing. Mm -hmm. And that's actually what winning is. So it's the opposite of what I bet most people would say. So trying something new and being okay with, with failing, you'll always end up winning. And that's why we're friends. I love, like, I think rejection and failure is like the greatest badge of honor. And I think that means you're putting yourself out there and yeah. you're stretching yourself. So awesome. I adore you. Thank you. I thank you. you too. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you guys all have an awesome day wherever you're listening from. That's a wrap. Please subscribe to the She Who Wins podcast so you'll be the first to know about every new episode that drops. Until next time. And remember, she who moves forward fiercely is she who wins.